Welcome to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us as Deb talks with her guests, experts in their fields, as they share real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And today we have a great program for an end of the year, beginning of the year type of program because we're thinking about how we're ending the year, how we want to start a new year, you know, what are our business goals, what are our personal goals. And so I'm very excited today to speak with my guest because, as I said, I think this is an absolute perfect time for this program to really get us thinking about what are we going to do professionally and personally with ourselves in the new year. So please join me in welcoming Craig Filek to our program today. Welcome, Craig. Thanks, Deb. Good to be here. Well, you know, before we really get started, let me tell folks just a little bit about you. So Craig Filek is the founder and creator of Purpose Mapping. With over 20 years experience facilitating deep inner work, Craig developed Purpose Mapping to bring his own life into alignment after walking away from a seven-figure business and what he thought would be his ideal life. Now he guides high achievers around the world to realize their full potential by clarifying their purpose and making a meaningful contribution every day, one tiny step at a time. Executives, entrepreneurs, investors, and professionals around the world seek Craig's guidance when making life-changing decisions. And he's made a great tool available for our listeners it is, as we said, Purpose Mapping, and you can begin Purpose Mapping for free at www.purposemapping.com slash power hour. And we'll give that to you a couple more times throughout the program. But again, Craig, welcome. Thank you. Well, you know, I, we, we talked for 20 minutes before the program even started about this process and everything that goes with it. And I'm, I was just so excited to be able to do this. And I'm so excited, I'm not even exactly sure where to start. <laughs> but it's, it is something that I think so many people are challenged with. Some of them struggle with it. Some people just need to make sure they're on the right path. And that is with purpose mapping. But let's take a step back because we all have lots of people who say, you need to know what your purpose is. You need to know what your mission in life is. You never want to go to work and have it feel like work. Okay, that's all nice and that's all good, but what do you mean when you say purpose? Excellent place to start. You know, there's a lot of um, lot of coaches, a lot of consultants, a lot of corporate speak, and I think it's just in the general parlance. We tend to use the word purpose interchangeably with the word mission. Mm-hmm. And so I, I'm a philosopher by by training. That's what I got my degree in. And the very first thing a good philosopher does is they define their terms. Okay. Okay. So the word purpose literally means the reason something exists. And there's certainly an argument that could be made that, you know, it also means an aim and something that you go for, which is really how I would define mission. And so you can conflate them. But I think we get a tremendous amount of value by making a key distinction here and seeing purpose as more of the being side, the reason you exist, your why, you know, who you are and why you're here, your mission more as a goal. And think of it like your Everest, the mountain you're climbing, a three to 10 year BHAG or a big, hairy, audacious goal. And when you separate those, it allows you to climb to the top of the mountain and still have your purpose intact. You know, a lot of there's there's a great article in the Harvard Business Review about summit syndrome and these executives that get to the top of the mountain in their proverbial career and they uh, they go into a tailspin. Right. They've sort of lost direction. They've lost their sense of meaning. What do and, we do now? Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so, or or what will happen is they'll get you know ten to twenty percent of the way you know remaining. Um, to the, to the end of their goal and they'll just give up because they're terrified. If I get to the top of this mountain, if I accomplish this, I won't have an identity. 
They'll go to an existential tailspin. If I've accomplished my purpose, what is my reason for being? So we have to make the distinction, and that creates power. And then when we get those two into alignment, and you get to the top of your mountain, and you say, wow, I really learned, I really exercised my purpose, I really understand my purpose much more deeply, and I'm at the top of the mountain, I've accomplished my goal, and I'm looking out at the horizon, and that mountain over there, that's what's next Mm -hmm. from that vantage point. And then we back down the mountain, keep training, conditioning, get ourselves lined up for the next one, and we go after that one. And our purpose, our understanding of our purpose just deepens and becomes more rich, but it's not really a goal. Your purpose is not a goal. It's it's the reason you exist. Mm-hmm. Well, and, you know, it, it's funny. I've spoken with guests before about one of the biggest problems people have is the fear of success. And it's exactly what you were saying. We think, Okay, we've we've gotten there or we're about to get there. So now what? And you know and, and I love the way that you reframe it so that it's an ongoing process. Mm-hmm. You know and, and so maybe we've climbed that mountain. Okay, well then the next thing is you want to you know do do something where it's it's totally different. And you know, but it still comes with your purpose in mind. And what I see when I'm looking at people when they kind of are floundering is they have those goals and whether it's, you know, make a million dollars, um, you know, successfully raise four kids, you know, whatever it is, they think their goal is that end mm-hmm. when it really is just part of the process. And and that I think is, is one of the tricky things is, is getting back to thinking, okay, well, if I raise those four kids and I was really good, well, maybe now I should volunteer with kids or, you know, how do you take those skill sets and things like that to create, um, you know, and, and further your purpose. And, and it's important to not lose the momentum that you created because when, when we're succeeding, it, we're literally getting uh, high, right? We're getting these injections of dopamine into our brain mm-hmm. that when we're not getting that, what do we do? We seek it in coffee and sugar and maybe cocaine or even prescription drugs, right? To try to replace this lack of healthy neurochemistry that comes from setting a high bar for our lives, working hard to achieve it, right? And, and, and that creates momentum. And so when you get to the top of the mountain, you pick the next mountain. You might even pick the next mountain before you're all the way to the top because you've got a great vantage point, right? And you get to the top and you say, huh, okay, it's clear. That's where I'm going next. And you're, you're on your way down. You're already planning the next trip. And it's not to say don't stay in the moment, but it's, it's that you want to roll up the momentum of one project. You begin the next project before you're completed with the one you're in now. And that's how you keep that momentum going. It's very important. And as you were saying that, one of the things I was thinking, and in my computer chimed, I love things like that, um, was the next mountain doesn't have to be a higher mountain. Right. And you know, I think that's one of the things that people get caught up in, too, is thinking it has to be bigger and better. It just has to be different. Mm-hmm. Well, it has to be meaningful. Right. You know, Because as you get to the top of the mountain, and you really, I mean, to get to the top of any mountain, and I used to live in Colorado. I, I mean, getting to the top of a 14er is no small feat. You know, the mm-hmm. oxygen is thin. Right. It's it's hard. So you have to shed a lot. You have to shed a lot. And so it pairs you away. And you, that's how you get to really clarify your purpose. Mm-hmm. Like, why am I doing this? What What is meaningful about this to me? And so as we do that, we may realize, uh, you know what? I actually want to go down the river next time. Right. Mm-hmm. A totally different thing, like you were saying, or, a, a, you know, climb a series of mountains in a different region. You know, there's a there's a lot of clarity that comes from finishing what we're currently doing mm-hmm. and then deciding consciously, OK, I want to do this next thing because it feels even more in alignment. We do that and we learn and then we do something even more in alignment. And that's really what it's about so that we are by degrees able to replace the things in our lives that don't light us up, that don't put us in that flow state, that feeling of performing at our best and feeling our best, which only occurs when we're leaning into our edge, pushing ourselves just a little bit beyond our comfort zone, not way out, just just enough to really activate 
that shot of adrenaline so we don't need the coffee, that dopamine reward system so we don't need the sugar, right? So that we're able to really get those neurochemical rewards flowing. That's really the game. And right. if life was a virtual reality game, I, I'm pretty sure that's the hack. That's the cheat mm-hmm. code is just focus on that and increasing the amount of that in your life. And things will become clearer. You'll attract mm-hmm. more opportunities, cooler people. And it just proceeds from there. You build momentum. Right. Now, it's funny. One of the things that I was thinking about when you were talking about that was finishing that step. I'm kind of one of those that sometimes I don't finish. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I, I'm like, oh, squirrel. And, and I go on to the next thing. And I realize that is a detriment. And it's it's funny because I did the purpose mapping that, that you have online. And again, that's purposemapping.com slash power hour. That's just for our listeners. And one of the things that that you had asked in that was, you know, some some words about what we and we'll go into to more depth if you'd like on this. But I tr- I have trouble focusing, mm-hmm. and people are like, yeah, right, you know, we we can tell that listening to you in five seconds. But it goes that way with my business too, and it's not that I'm on to the next bright shiny object, but some of it, it may be the fact that I get bored. Which means clearly I wasn't working with my purpose in mind. Mm -hmm. So how do you work with people to kind of get them from not doing that? Well, what? So let's look at the opposite. What lights you up? What gets you totally switched on? Helping people. Mm -hmm. And you know, and, and I really just love doing that. Whether it's with the radio program or giving presentations, you know, things like that. I just love to help people and connect them and and get them working together. Great. Great. So what if you just scrapped your to-do list mm-hmm. and just focused on that every day? Cool. <laughs> just keep it really simple. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, would you add enough value? We all think it needs to be more complicated than that. That, that And that's right. And that's, that's where, you know, the, we just have to talk about conditioning here, mm-hmm. right? We have been, you know, I, I, talk, I love the metaphor of, you know, it's like you're a watermelon that was raised in a cabbage patch. Right. And so you were treated improperly. You were treated as the wrong species. And what we need to do is we need to realize I'm way juicier and sweeter (laughs) right, Mm -hmm. than this head of cabbage next to me. Um, And if I can just get in touch with that and allow myself to be that way. Now, that's a bit of a kind of a cheesy metaphor. But I think with you, it's it's a really concrete, palpable thing when you're Mm -hmm. sitting down to do a to do list. Are you lighting up or are you spiraling down? Combination of both. Yeah. And and part of that is because and I, I'm you know, I think this is probably a, a something that many small business owners and entrepreneurs face is we have those day to day tasks that we have to do to do our fun stuff. Mm-hmm. The paying of the bills, the invoicing clients, the nagging clients to get them to pay their bills, mm-hmm. um, you know, all of those various things. And part of what I have done is I have two virtual assistants mm-hmm. to do those things that it's not that I don't like doing them. It's that it draws my focus away. Mm-hmm. You know, I have a producer for this program. Absolutely love her because she does the things that take my focus away and yeah. she does them phenomenally well. She probably loves it. Right. Yeah. You know, and so that's but but, you know, that's where I get bogged down sometimes is in the oh, my gosh, I haven't I haven't, you know, done invoicing for the month. So I better do my invoicing, you know, or, okay, somebody told me I need to update my website. And so I get caught up in those things. And I think that is probably one of the problems that small business owners face is we have to spend time on the things we don't like. You know, I hear that. And I've certainly, I mean, I've been, I've been a serial entrepreneur for 15 plus years Mm -hmm. and you know, there are, there's just always things. And I think it's, again, it's to minimize them. It's to automate them. It's to reorganize your business model or your profit model or your team. 
Um, but there are things that you need to do on a, on a regular basis. And um, to the degree that you can make those easier on yourself, you're going to increase the amount of flow in your life and they won't bother you as much and you won't get stuck in them as much because it's just, it's like a tar pit. I th- again, I love the metaphor of life as a, a virtual reality game. And mm-hmm. these are just the, these are just the opponents. These are the, you know, the things you got to learn to navigate and mm-hmm. your skillfulness with that increases the more dopamine and oxytocin and serotonin you have in your brain. You're just, you're smarter and you attract, you know, just better opportunities, different doors open. And so if you can just take one step every day to do something that really lights you up, I think that's really where it begins. Right. You know, and, and as you were saying that, I was thinking about some of the things that, you know, when, when I was doing my purpose map, you know, I said things like I'm not organized, I'm not focused. Okay, then I need to either outsource those things mm-hmm. or figure out how to do them, you know, and or and 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 get them in there. So, you know, is it steps that I need to take? You know, maybe it's something like a calendar reminder that comes up mm-hmm. that says, "Stop everything right now and do your invoicing." Mm-hmm. And then just do it. You know, and 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 you know, and and so all of these various things and of course we've had Guests who have had all, you know, all sorts of great tips and information about how to do many of these things. And you know, part of it, and I shared this with you before the program started, part of it is I also have an illness that I'm dealing with right now. Mm-hmm. And so I'll just get going gangbusters and I end up back in the hospital for something. Yeah. And I know and it's like, oh, really? Now, the funny thing is the hospital that I go to has really fabulous Wi-Fi. <laughs> there have been times where I've been there and my clients never knew I was in the hospital, uh-huh. you know, various things. And plus that helps me keep my sanity. But, you know, it does mean that I lose my focus and in, in good ways and in bad ways. It's made me definitely change my focus Yes, is, is one of the things. But, you know, it is something that I still continue to struggle with is getting my focus. And I'm always doing the, well, next month... I'll be doing such and such and such. And, you know, people will say, oh, get an accountability partner. And I'm like, okay, I'll get next month. <laughs> mm. And so I'm, I, you know, I need to like go back to my purpose map and in big neon letters, procrastination just really needs to jump out at me. Yeah. Yeah. And all that is, is a red flag. I mean, you know, there's, there's a lot of people that would say, you got to work on your weaknesses and you know, the research is in that's like rearranging deck chairs on the Titanic. Like they will always be your downfall. It's not that you want to try to change them. It's more to recognize, Oh, if I'm doing things that take me out of flow, it's just a red flag that says, go the other way. (laughs) You're heading the wrong direction here. Mm Right. So, yeah, I think I mean, you want, want to know what my super secret tip is that I figured out after 15 years? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, accountability buddy is great. Um, I just went on on Upwork and I just found a great she's got a Ph.D. Um, she's from Eastern Europe and, you know, she's she's kind of a virtual assistant. She'll do some stuff. But mostly I just have her just kind of sit there and babysit me. Like if I, I if I've made a commitment, she's 18 bucks an hour. If I've made a commitment to a person, I'm going to show up for that. And if I tell her, look, just crack the whip on me. I, we've got to get, you know, X amount of administrative work done. And as I'm going through, I can say, Hey, can you follow up on this? Hey, can you handle this? But I'm going through for me, it's my inbox. I've got a great bookkeeper. Um, but I hate doing it. I hate doing it. And so it's just right. So just having that time set aside with a person, that's my little, my little hack for it is if I have to be the one doing it, I'm not doing it alone because I'll just Mm -hmm. get totally swamped and who knows where I'll end up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so what you're doing is exactly what we all need to do is figuring out what those downfalls are Mm -hmm. and just working around them. You can't ignore them. I mean, you know, they are part of our, psyche is maybe to, is right. the way I think of it. I, I'm always going to be unfocused. I'm always probably going to procrastinate. So how do I get around that? 
is is what I need to work on. Yeah. Well, and you'll be unfocused until that moment when you're just locked in and totally in the groove and right. in your flow state. And that's your gold. Right. And that's just that is the, you know, on on the uh, Super Mario Brothers, the bling, 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 right. When you're picking up all those gold coins like we're doing the right thing. Do more. That's the dopamine circuit in your brain. And so that's exactly what you want to be looking for and finding ways to do more of that, because when you're doing that, there is no procrastination. You're totally in the moment doing the thing you were born to do. And that's where we all get the most value from Deb. So we all want you doing more of that. Right. Well, you mentioned a word a couple of times that I'd like you to uh, define, and that's flow. So when you talk about being in the flow, what do you mean? Sure. So flow is a term, you know, it's important to put this in context. Um, you know, there's been a, a, a body of psychology that we now call positive psychology. Uh, I think people um, relate it back to Abraham Maslow. You know, before Maslow, uh, most of psychology was about dealing with the um, psychological issues of people, right? Schizophrenia and paranoia and all these sorts mm -hmm. of things. But there was never really a, a psychology of, well, but what about all the good things that happen in our psyche? And, and so uh, Maslow was looking at how do we, uh, you know, what are, what are the happiest, most, um, more than successful, most, you know, uh, self-actualized was the word he ultimately came up with. What are these people doing? What are their lives like? And he came up with a whole bunch of traits and found that, you know, there is something beyond ego achievement or what we would call success. And that is this self-actualization. He was looking at people like Einstein and Eleanor Roosevelt and Gandhi and, you know, these are the people we all aspire to be more like because we know that there is divinity within us. We know that inside there is that glimmer of focus that only comes out as a, as a benchmark of you're doing what you're here to do, okay. right? You're being you. And so from him uh, was a man that is, is less well-known. His name was Mihai Csikszentmihalyi. And he was, you know, in his research, which sort of piggybacked on Maslow, what he found was that the people um, who were hitting this state of self-actualization, even just for a moment, they kept using the same word to describe it, where everything just clicks and everything feels right. And I'm performing at my best and I'm feeling at my best and it, everything is just in flow. And they all kept using this word flow. And so he wrote a book called Flow. And, you know, several books um, about it, you know, he sort of continued his research. But what he found was that flow happens at the point where the challenge and the skill set or the capacity are well matched. Right. So I have a friend who's the executive director of the Flow Genome Project. And, you know, they've worked with the Navy SEAL Team 6 and the Googleplex and the UN and, you know, a lot of extreme athletes and musicians and computer coders. And, you know, they're just doing fMRI brain scans. What they found is that flow happens just 4%, just 4% beyond what we believe we're capable of. Okay. So you don't have to be the guy jumping out of the helicopter to ski off a cliff to hit flow, mm -hmm. right? If I did that, that would not be a flow zone for me. That'd be a danger. That'd be a death zone, right? I would right. die. That'd be terrifying. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But there is still, for the guy that's been, or the woman that's been skiing, you know, since they were in utero, right, 30, 40 years, right, and they're jumping off this helicopter. I had a, a guy that I was speaking with. Um, he has been in two avalanches. One he landed face up. One he landed face down. <laughs> There's always a risk that you can die, and that's part of what's mm -hmm. required to hit a flow state. There's this feeling of, oh, my God, I could die. And mm -hmm. that fear kicks off a shot of adrenaline, norepinephrine, that precipitates the flow state. So, so what we want to look for is, you know, for you, it's getting up on stage. And you said, like, if, if you're not afraid to get on stage, you've lost your edge, right? right? Because that's the marker that you're about to hit flow. So we need to see it that way and, and, and find what are the strengths that when we're able to tap in our gold and just push just 4% beyond what we believe we're capable of with those strengths. Like Arnold Schwarzenegger said, the muscle is built in the last four reps. It's right where we feel like we're going to hit failure. If we go just a little further, boom, something magnificent occurs. That's what I'm referring to when I talk about flow. Well, and it's important to note that it's not pushing so hard that you fail. 
And I think that's where some people get caught up is, you know, we, we laugh about BHAGs, the big, hairy, audacious goals. Sometimes people make them too big. Mm. And, and then it's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy that they fail. And they say, well, you know, I was never supposed to, to earn a million dollars. So, you know, I just shouldn't. Shouldn't even try. Well, okay, maybe your goal should have been $10,000, you know, or speak before an audience of 1,000 as right. opposed to 10,000 or 10 or, you know, whatever it is. And so it's, it, like you said, it's just that, that 4% nudge past. Yes. You know, not 50%, not, you know, um, all of those various, you know, other let's see how big we can make it. It's just getting slightly past. Yes. And and I think that's where some people really fall down is the fact that they think that it has to go so far, so painful. I mean, you know, back to the analogy of sports, how many times have we watched people who have pushed themselves to the point of they of of exhaustion to making themselves sick, you know, to, you know, all these various things. Well, when you push that hard, you you you're setting yourself back because you're hurting yourself. That's right. And, and, you know, and, and I think that's where businesses fall down is they, you know, they, they, they just don't set realistic um, expectations of themselves. Tony Robbins has a great saying. He says, you know, we way overestimate what we can get done in a week and we way underestimate what we can get done in a year. Mm-hmm. And I think it's great to have big goals, but we have to break them down. You know, I, I talk about three to 10 year mission, right? In alignment with your purpose, you have a, an actual mission, a goal, a mountain that you're going to climb. It should take about three to 10 years, which is, you know, the, it's, a, it's an average sort of grad school, right? So think about becoming a doctor, right? You're going to go for eight years. You're going to relocate for it. You're going to budget for it. You're going to calendar around it. You're going to meet people and right. All, everything in your life gets organized around grad school, but you're not going for grad school in one fell swoop. You do the semester, Right. Mm -hmm. The six weeks to six months ahead of you and before. Right. right? And then you do this section of the of the, you know, the the class. Right. And, And we just keep breaking it down all the way down to, look, if I get nothing else done today. Because right? the world is going to come at me with a hundred things I got to do that I'd rather not be doing. If I could just get one thing done today that would make everything else towards accomplishing my mission easier or inevitable. Mm-hmm. What one thing could I get done today? And little things like, you know, sending that email or making that phone call or scheduling that appointment or sending in that application, like a little tiny no fail thing. And if you do that every day, it adds up and builds so much momentum. You would be amazed at how quickly your 10 year goals, you know, Peter Thiel, the the other co-founder of PayPal with Elon Musk, he goes and he tells, he he buys out, uh, uh, college students at Stanford and, and Yale. And he says, listen, I'll give you a hundred grand to drop out and do the thing you're most passionate about. And these kids are mm-hmm. like, they're curing cancer. I mean, they're, these kids are just amazing. And, and what he says to him is, look, take your 10 year goals and accomplish them in six months. H- how do you do that? Well, you have mm-hmm. to think in a different way. And mm-hmm. I think, uh, Bill Belichick is, is a great example of this, right? He told his team, he said, look, forget the Super Bowl." Get to practice on time, <laughs> right? right? If you yeah, all get to practice on time, we all start on time. Yeah, mm-hmm. if we all start on time, right? If we all just just focus on making this play perfect, mm-hmm. right? Practice doesn't make perfect. Perfect practice makes perfect. Just get this one little tiny thing right today, mm-hmm. and then let's try it again tomorrow. And if you do that over and over, and then I think it was within two years, and they've won, I think they've won six Super Bowls now. So mm-hmm. so it's just, it's the little things that add up to the big things. And I think you got to set a big goal, but you don't get to a mountain in one step, to the top of a mountain. You get it in many, many successive steps successfully taken. And I think right. that's how we need to think about it. Well, and, you know, just like the, the goal of, of, you know, getting a, a degree, sometimes you take a break. You know, whether you wanted to or whether it was forced upon you or whatever, but that doesn't mean that you can't go back to it or change it. I mean, you know, look at how many people start college and then end up with a totally different degree. That's right. That's right. (laughs) Excuse me. Because they do, they find other passions, other interests, all these various things. and, And we're not failures because we didn't meet that original goal. It just means that things changed. 
That's right. Yeah, we're learning. We might get halfway up the mountain and realize, you know what? Actually, that other new thing that I didn't even see until I got this far, that's what I really want. Mm-hmm. And so holding it holding it loosely, you know, uh, again, this is to me this is a big game and it's more about having something inspiring to go for that 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 causes you to wake up in the morning with your blood singing as one of my mentors described it and to just do the simple you know, one foot in front of the other. What are the little things I got to get done today that are going to add up over time? And then learning and being willing to correct course. You know, there's a great, I was watching um, the, the founder of this app, Banjo. He was talking about how, you know, he got halfway through this app and he had to go and tell his investors, um, you know what? I, I, I'm not in love with this thing. I, I took too much advice from other people and I'm building a Frankenstein that I don't, I mean, it was a good app. He says, mm-hmm. but I'm done. I'm going to, I'm going to pull the plug on it and I'm going to go back to building what I love. Mm-hmm. And they all backed him. And now he's got this great app. So you can, you can absolutely correct course as you learn and grow and realize what, what is really meaningful for you. You can absolutely give yourself that permission to change course midstream. Mm-hmm. Well, and I loved it when I completed the, the purpose mapping um, online. It takes about 30 minutes, you know, and, and, and I did go through it fairly quickly. So, um, you know, it's it's something because part of it is there are, are sections where you need to stop and think. And I, you know, I, I kind of buzz through those a little bit quickly. So I'll, I'll go back and I'll, I'll rethink them and make sure that I'm on the right path. But at the end, you were talking about your purpose statement and the fact that every couple of months you review it and you tweak it and you change it. And, you know, it's it's funny because at the start of the program, we were talking about purpose and mission. And so many companies will have their mission statement and it's printed, you know, on everything they do. It's at the bottom of their letterhead. It's in, you know, the the brass letters on the side of their wall. And they think they can never change it because it will cost too much or, you know, people will think we're weak or, you know, all of those various things. So then they're kind of stuck with that mission. And I love the fact that as, as we've been saying, your purpose can change and should change. And I think maybe that's the other important thing is we all go through changes. So, okay, we all go through changes. Embrace that and go on. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. Stay present. Stay present in your own life because it is. It's, it's, you know, it's constantly. I mean, I think that's actually the biggest myth of, of, our, of our lifetime is thinking that everything around us Right, somehow missing the fact that it's constantly changing all the time, and as soon as we try to just put things in a box and put it up on the wall in brass letters and just you know set it and forget it, uh, that's the kiss of death right there. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and you know, speaking of change, let's let's go down a different path here. The world is changing and changing really pretty rapidly. Where jobs that we used to do, you know. All these various things are being outsourced, are being, you know, they're going to be uh, computerized, you know, all these various things. And so how does things like that affect our purpose? Well, I like to call it the age of purpose. You know, I think that you know, we came through the agrarian age and we started to experience uh, for the first time, uh, you know, think of Aristotle and Plato and, and Socrates, what I would call the contemplative class, right? So in 200,000 years of, of our species, it was only the last oh, 2,000, 2,500 or so that we've had this contemplative class and people that took the time to think about what am I doing with my life and what is the good life? And it's only been in the past 200 years that we've had sort of the mass production, right, uh, that allows us to um, to really uh, get off the farm and, and, and move into the cities and have, and have more uh, free time for ourselves. You know, you look at the last, say, 100 years, we've got enough appliances in our home to do the work of 20 to 30 servants, a couple hundred years ago, right? And then you look in our pockets, now we've got access to all the best information in the history of civilization uh, in the, just within the last 10 years or so. Uh, now it's all at our fingertips within a few clicks. But mm-hmm. fundamentally, not many more people are really thinking about what is the purpose of life? What are, you know, we've got all this leisure time. We have the more leisure time than we've ever had, and people just soak it up with Netflix and, and not really thinking too deep. Except mm-hmm. the millennials, Right, the Generation Y. We've got 80 million of them. They've made their voice known loud and clear. We want 
purpose over profit. Profit's still important, but what you find is that the companies that have a clear purpose are doing four times the compound annual growth rates of companies without a clear purpose. And that's what is going to attract talent. That is what is going to activate the talent within these companies to be performing in their flow state. You know, executives in flow are 500% more effective than when they're not in flow. Mm -hmm. You could literally work one day a week and be more effective than your peers that are not in flow, right? If you can figure out what your flow state is, what your Mm -hmm. strengths are. And so the companies that are able to activate their, their employees' purpose and the entrepreneurs and the professionals that are able to activate their purpose are going to be the ones who compound their growth. You have more resources to invest. You're, you're building more momentum. And that's what happened with Google. I mean, nobody can touch Google now. Yahoo, right. Alta Vista in the dust, mm-hmm. right? And so we want to get on this, uh, on this track with our purpose and just take ourselves to really actualizing our full potential because that is going to be our durable competitive advantage in a world where AI, robots, and outsourcing to you know MBAs and PhDs overseas uh, are going to be decimating the jobs that we've just taken for granted. Right? Mm-hmm. They're not going to be as easy to come by, and they're going to go to the people who are really truly passionate about, for instance, being a lawyer, than somebody that's just being a lawyer because you know they figured they can make a good living with it without, right. you know. So that's why I think it's important now more than ever, um, and I really do believe that we're entering the age of purpose. I mean, just think of if universal basic income actually gets passed and they're experimenting with it in various countries and finding some amazing things that when people are taken out from under the boot of, you know, this kind of slave, you know, wage slave culture, and they're given a, a, just a living wage just because they're alive, they become more creative. They become more productive. They go out and they invent things. They, they do things that really serve their communities. They're finding that this is a really healthy thing. And I really think that, you know, you can give a bunch of people universal basic income and end up with a bunch of frustrated neo-Nazis that are all cloistered in the, in the hills somewhere, and now they have the money to go off and do something about that. Or you can get a bunch of people together that feel really inspired to make a contribution, right? And I think it's going to go either way. is going to be based on how much dopamine they've got in their brain, and so, right? So, so the age of purpose is dawning, and uh, it's, it's like the Chinese fortune cookie says, may you be born in interesting times. I think these are about the most interesting times in the history of civilization. Right. You know, it's, it's, we have so many opportunities now, and I don't care if you're somebody my age or, you know, a college student or, you know, as you said, a millennial, there are so many other things that people can be doing. And, you know, and, and, and I always find it interesting to talk to college students and, you know, and, and ask them what their major is. And I'm thinking, I don't even know what that is, mm-hmm. um, you know, or, or all these various things. And, and they're so excited about it because it's a new frontier. And, you know, and, and, you know, speaking of new frontiers, as you were also talking about this, I am a huge science fiction fan. Mm. And it's funny because in a lot of the science fiction programs, especially things like Star Trek, there is no monetary thing. You know, Captain Picard was not paid a salary. Mm-hmm. You know, everything that they need is given to them. And, and that kind of removes that stress over worrying about that. Yeah. And then they can go on to do the things that they are really meant to do. Yes. Oh, I just had a profound moment. <laughs> I love it when those things happen. Isn't that sweet? Um, you know, and, and it is interesting because I think that is one of the downfalls is we do get so caught up in the, I have to do this because for whatever, you know, whatever it is. That that uh, and then we get stuck in that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I have to make a salary because I have to pay bills. I have to do this. Um, you know, I, I small business owners, entrepreneurs. I have to work with a client I don't like, but they pay me lots of money. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many times have we heard that? Or you know, or even not lots of money. You know, I have to work with clients I don't like just because I have bills that that have to be paid. Well. Twist that and and think, okay, what are you know, who are the clients who are going to help me reach my purpose? Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna love working with them. And because I love working with them, 
there's going to be more of them because it's it's kind of that the the, the positive karma mm-hmm. maybe the, the the way to think about that and you know so you get rid of those oh my gosh I have to work with those peoples uh, peoples well that's a good word I have to work with those people as opposed to I want to work with these fabulous people mm-hmm. um, you know and and that is a challenge for small business owners and entrepreneurs who have the bills to pay and and all of those and and they might struggle for a little bit and that's where it gets really tricky is they do have bills to pay and, and all of those things. But as, as you've said several times, it's taking the tiny steps forward. It's not firing all the clients that you don't like right away. It's thinking, okay, I'm not going to renew the contract with that one. Mm-hmm. And then moving forward and, you know, and, and aiming, always aiming towards that purpose that you have. That's right. That's right. Yeah, it's just that these are the things, you know, at the bottom of, of the purpose mapping framework, there's the what I call the practical tactical, right? Mm-hmm. So as you walk it down from the existential, you know, who am I and why am I here, which is very vague and abstract, and it right. should be, right? Because it, it mm-hmm. permeates everything in your life through a clear vision of, you know, what kind of world you would create if you were able to reach everybody with your purpose to a vi- or to the mission, Right. The vision is like the North Star. You're always reaching for it, but you'll never actually reach it. Right. It's that utopian dream on the horizon that you're always reaching for through the vicissitudes of life, the ups and downs. But your mission is the mountain you climb, the three to 10 year big, hairy, audacious goal. Right. Mm-hmm. The milestone is like base camp. Right. It's the six week to six month near term objective that you can actually get your head around. Right. That's about as much as we can think about as a, mm-hmm. a sports season. Right. Or a sitcom right. season. Right. I know. I love the people. Where do you want to be five years yeah. from now? I don't know. Right. Right. It's right. And and there's something called purposive drift, right? It's kind of like, well, listen, I know what I value and I know what I'm good at. And I'm just going to give my gift and make my contribution and things will open up. I don't I have no idea what kind of opportunities will even be available in five years. Right. So it's important to keep that in mind and to set a direction. Right. I have an intention to my my personal mission is mapping the purpose genome of humanity. And mm-hmm. I have a way to do that. You know, I have a way to kind of sample it from the people that I work with. And so my goal is to scale that. Um, Mm -hmm. But the next step, right, the very clear next step is what do I need to do today? Now, that's in alignment, right, up all the way up that sort of ladder, right, to move my milestone forward, to move my mission forward, to live my purpose. But under all this, there's another uh, aspect of the framework, which is the daily practices. You need something Mm -hmm. for yourself, your body your relationships, and your systems, right? Mm-hmm. So something that you can do, one little thing in each of those areas. So that may be, uh, you know, reading a couple pages or listening to a podcast for yourself, going to the gym or, you know, having a green drink or getting enough sleep, right, as a practice for your body because it makes a huge difference, right? Mm -hmm. A relational practice of just reaching out and telling somebody something you appreciate about them every day. I had a client that did that, changed his entire life. You know, he was on the road a lot and he was lonely a lot. Just doing that every day, just reaching out to somebody and saying, hey, you know, I was just thinking about you. Changed his entire life. His mood went up. Everything starts to revolve around how mm-hmm. much neurochemistry, you know, positive neurochemistry you're able to create. So we want to do little things in each of these areas. The last is your system. So this could be your business systems, could be your environment, right? So like cleaning out a closet, right? Getting rid of some clutter. Um, doing something like this each day is going to support you to live your purpose because you will have good neurochemistry in your brain. You will see and feel optimistic about the path forward and the next step will become clear to you. And when you've got this whole stack from the existential through the strategic down to the practical tactical, all of that combined, it's not a ton. I mean, it's a bit of work to sort it all out, but once you've kind of got it, you run with it for three months, right? You just Mm kind of see what kind of results do I get from this experiment? And then you you correct course, you kind of recalibrate. What did I learn? What worked? What would be even better? And you stay agile and you keep growing and developing yourself with that growth mindset. And within a year, you'll barely recognize your life. Mm -hmm. Well, and you know, one of the things I love when you were talking on, you know, when I was doing that, the, and it's, it's a video that um, is the purpose mapping that you kind of walk through people online. And so one of the things that you talked about was that you you keep your old versions. So it's not really that you're journaling, but you can look back through them and see those changes. Yes. Um, and so you say, you know, date them, you know, do all those various things. And I think it really is interesting to, for people because I bet they do. They look back after six months, a year, you know, whatever, and they go, holy cow, who was that person? You know, and, and it's not that person was bad. 
you know, it was just that was a different person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You keep growing and you keep you keep revealing more clarity about yourself. You know, it's I think of it like it's, it's an excavation process. You know, we just mm-hmm. got we just got buried kind of like Pompeii. You know, you're doing your thing. You're living your life. You're a kid. You're playing. Right. You're, you've got this high capacity for imagination and, and self-creation. You can make believe you want to be anything. And the next thing, you know, you got a cape around your neck and you're being it. Right. right. And then we get we just get dumped with all of this societal mm-hmm. Detroitus. And, and, and next thing you know, we're just buried and petrified. And mm-hmm. so there's a little bit of hope, you know, we're kind of breathing through a straw up through the, the you know, the top of the, 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 the dirt above us. And, and, and if we can just start to get a little bit of clarity and insight, right, then we can see, oh, and here's where I'm stuck. Oh, and here's where I'm stuck. And just keep experimenting with what one little thing could I change that would make a huge difference. And I'll tell you what, getting enough sleep is like the number one life hack. If you're not right. consistently getting seven to nine hours of sleep a night, nothing is running optimally. You change that, your brain chemistry changes, and you'll see a lot of other things you can easily clear up. It really does start with that. So that would be one little tip for the listener to take away um, is that's one thing you could do today that would make everything else easier or inevitable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, you know, it's, it's always interesting when I see the stories about the most successful CEOs in the world only sleep four hours a night. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I'm sorry, your body does need more than that to recharge. Yeah. Um, and it, the, the interesting thing is before I got sick, I needed a lot of sleep. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd wake up and I'd still be sleepy and all of these various things. And since I've been sick, I need less sleep. Mm. I wake up early and, you know, and, and sometimes I'm a little bit lazy and I go back to sleep or, you know, just kind of lay there for a bit. But, I'm, I'm waking up at least an hour earlier than, than I ever used to. Um, now, there is this little trick with some of my medicine uh, causes me to be like that. But it's I'm still feeling rested. But then the other thing is I need a nap. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things, it, it, you know, I, I post lots of little memes like this on Facebook, that nap, naps are okay. <laughs> Thomas now, Edison swore by him. Yeah. yeah, you know, taking a two-hour nap, maybe not so much. Yeah, Twenty minutes. Um, and if you're having, yeah, if you're having to take a two-hour nap, then then really you didn't get enough sleep at night. Mm-hmm. Fifteen minutes. Yep. You know, I'm I'm, and if I sleep more than that, then I am really lethargic the rest of the day. Yeah. But I also know when I didn't get my nap in. Um, you know, and and is that some of my medicine? Sure, could be. Um, but at the same point, my body's kind of clock has reset. And in ways, it's reset to function better. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, do you want to get sick to have to go through that? No. <laughs> but, you know, you can stop and think about it. It's like, okay, well, you know, maybe I shouldn't be reading until midnight. Mm-hmm. Maybe I really should try and, 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 you know, little baby steps again. You know, don't go to bed at nine. If you've been used to, to you know, going to bed at midnight, you know, go back a half hour. Mm-hmm. You know, all these various things. But pay attention to your internal clock and it'll tell you pretty much how much sleep you need. Yeah, 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 exactly. And it's just making those tiny little changes and they add up over time. And so like you were saying, you don't have to fire all your clients. You just have to get clear. Who is an ideal client for me, right? Mm-hmm. And as soon as you find one, then you can replace a current client with a new ideal client, right? right? So little things like that. And then again, over time, you know, do that for a year consistently and keep tweaking the experiment as you go, and you will be amazed at the kind of life you can create. It's a lot like Minecraft. You know, I keep talking about like a virtual reality, uh, you know, game that we're in. It's a lot like Minecraft. You know, you just kind of change each little pixel. Not a whole ton is changing, but you just change each little pixel, and pretty soon, you know, you've built this castle and dug a hole to China, and you know, whatever whatever your goal was in the game, and it's just just brick by brick. That's the way we get there. Right. Well, and it's also worth looking at why that client relationship isn't working, mm-hmm. because maybe you just need to tweak it, um, you know, and and work differently with them. You know, maybe it's that the, the expectations were wrong or, you know, all these various things, because I tell you, if you're feeling ick, they're feeling ick, too. Yeah. Um, you know, they they know that you're not their favorite client or, you know, whatever it is, but they keep working with you for whatever reason. So it's to their benefit also that you either fix it or you, you know, you, you deviate from it. Um, you know, and, and, and I think that's the scary question that people are thinking about, too, is, well, I don't want to have that conversation with them because they'll fire me 
or they'll divorce me or they'll leave me or, you know, whatever it is. Well, I'm sorry, then that probably needs to happen anyway. <laughs> right. Exactly. I was just going to say, you know, if that, if it's really causing you grief, um, then take, take full responsibility for the ways that you've created this, you know, allowed this relationship to turn this way. I had a, I had a, a guy I was just working with, uh, actually I was his client. And I said, great. You know, we had the big conversation. I said, great, send me a proposal. And he said, okay, great. I'll send it to you later. And he didn't send it to me. And, you know, he's, he's a friend of mine. He's in my men's group. And I was just kind of trying to give him the benefit of the doubt, but also like really just straight with him. I was like, look, man, you broke trust. Right. And, uh, and he said, you know what? I apologize. I should have never promised you a proposal. I hate writing proposals. Mm-hmm. Right, this gets back to your, your invoicing. I mean, the first thing that's going through my mind is, Deb, why are you invoicing people? <laughs> why don't you right. change your profit model where they pay up front and then that's uh-huh. it, right? And yeah, you don't have to, and that's it, right? And no, you don't have to do any more. But, but whatever it's going to be, you know, it's just, it's being really honest. Mm-hmm. These are my gifts. These are my downfall. It's in everybody's best interest for me to not be in my downfall. And so I've got to take responsibility for playing to my strengths, outsourcing the rest, or just eliminating it from my business. And I can tell you, after 15 years of, of, of hacking away at this, that's how my business is for me. You know, I do have a bookkeeper because I do believe in strong financial reporting, and, and I think that's important. But, you know, I don't invoice anybody. If they're, if they're interested in getting going, we just get going, and then that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, it it's really simple. But I think it does take a really strong self-evaluation, right? Know thyself, mm-hmm. as the Greeks would say, and then build a business that suits you and attract clients that suit you. And that's deep inner work. You know, it all starts with the inner game. And so I think, um, I mean, I'll just bottom line it. I mean, purpose mapping is the distillation of 20 years of, I've read a thousand books. I've spent a quarter million dollars on coaching and training and therapy and workshops and, you know, just getting myself clear on these things for myself because I couldn't live an inauthentic life just like you, right? It's like right. my BS meter would just go through the roof and I would sabotage it because, right? So I just realized I better just create something I'm not going to sabotage because I love it and it puts me in flow every day. Purpose mapping is the distillation of all of that learning and training over decades. And it really boils down to it, it's the simplest possible framework and it can't be any simpler and still be effective, mm-hmm. right? And this is what I continue to use to guide my own life. And so I really think that if somebody's looking for, um, you know, this type of self-knowledge and, and inner awareness that they can build a strong business with, build strong relationships with, and uh, give themselves permission to get out of, you know, situations that are not supporting them to be their mm-hmm. highest self, um, purpose mapping would be a great place for you to start. And that's why I've set it up for free on the website and um, people can go there and they can, and they can do it. Right. And we're going to give that again. So it's purposemapping.com slash power hour. And that's the special one just for our listeners. Um, you know, and, and, and as I mentioned, I went through it and I did that and you just said something several times that really struck me and struck me as being so true. It was very simple. Mm-hmm. Now, do you still have to stop and think? Yes. You know, and and should you redo it, you know, multiple times? Yes. You know, all these various things. But, you know, how many books have we read that have said, you know, oh, you have to do this and this and this and this and this. You know, really, in 30 minutes, I got a lot of clarification. And then, you know, you and I chatted for 20 minutes before the program. But, you know, I distilled all of this down. And with your help, because I got stuck on this part, as I had shared, mm-hmm. you know, at the end, you're supposed to come up with your purpose statement. And that's what I got stuck on. And and what we came up with, sharing authentic stories. Mm-hmm. That's that's my purpose is to, to do that. Now, will that change? Sure. But I loved the fact that, you know, what I what I had told you was I've, I've struggled with this, you know, and, and part of this is because I've been sick and I have thought, OK, there's more to life and yada, 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 all those various things. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're circling the drain, you really do, do start thinking, hmm, oh, is, that, is this what I was supposed to be doing? Right. Um, but yeah, coming up with that, sharing authentic stories and was, was just phenomenal. And the other thing that I really like about it is you say it's just three or four words. Yes. You know, this is not, 
I want to do this and this and this and this and this and this and this. You, you can't remember that. It can't, if I come to your house at three in the morning, this was the Brian Tracy. You know, I, Brian Tracy was an early mentor of mine. Come to your house at three in the morning and shake you and say, Deb, wake up. What's your purpose? You're not going to remember this and this and this and this and this, right? right. You remember sharing authentic stories, mm-hmm. right? And, and, I, I and I'll tell you one thing. It's not going to change that much. Right. Your understanding of it may Mm -hmm. refine, you may come up with a better word or two, Mm -hmm. but it's not like it's going to go from sharing authentic stories to, you know, climbing, uh, you know, strange mountains in in foreign countries, right? It's not, it's not going to be like a night and day shift. Mm -hmm. It'll just be a refinement of you. You're in the ballpark, Mm -hmm. right? So, so I just want to clarify that is that, you know, you're just, as you go through your adventures, you'll come up with somebody will say something to you and go, Oh, that's a better word, right? I'm going to swap that word out in my purpose map. And we're just keeping these little, you know, there's like a couple of checkboxes you got to have for knowing where you're going in life. And if you just keep those updated, um, without letting them get too, you know, overwhelming with too many words, you'll be able to stay pretty much on track. I mean, I think of it like a ship on the ocean, right? It's rarely pointing directly at its destination, but it's always moving in the general direction of its Mm -hmm. destination. And it kind of corrects course as it needs to. That's Mm -hmm. more what it's like. Right. Well, and we don't want to give it away because we do want people to, to go and try it, but we're looking for essence, strengths, downfall and shadow and words that describe those for each of us and obviously those are going to change you know because I mentioned that you know some of my downfalls well my biggest downfall is procrastinating Mm -hmm. hopefully that will change Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know and so that's why you do want to review it because then you get your gold words and again you have to go through this to see what are what we're talking about folks when we say gold words and then your purpose statement but it's, yeah, it's not going to be that I'm going to go from sharing authentic stories to selling used cars. Right, I mean, you know, right. Obviously, that's, you know, that's, but, you know, it, it might be, um, you know, sharing purposeful stories. Exactly, know, you know, exactly. Or that. performing purposeful stories, right? You might, you, right. right, but there's something in there that's, you're in the ballpark. And, and I want to just say about the shadow and the gold, because this is, this is my favorite quote by Joseph Campbell, who wrote about the hero's journey. The cave you fear to enter holds the treasure that you seek. So these people that are listening that are, you know, you're successful, you're a high achiever, you know you could do anything, so you don't do so you don't do anything because you're not sure what to do. You need a little clarity, you need that confidence that if you take this step off of the beaten path, it's working for you but it's not really thrilling you that it's going to eventually work out. Yeah, you may have to, you know, hack through some brambles and thicket for a minute but then you find this wide open pasture and, and things feel amazing. So to get the gold out of your shadow, that's really what the process is about. That's what's different about purpose mapping than just about everything else I've seen out there is that everybody else wants it to just be this rah-rah motivational thing and when I'm saying is no until you get truly authentic and you embrace all of yourself all the aspects of your psyche and you create what Brene Brown calls wholeheartedness where you're vulnerable enough to face the parts that you feel ashamed of that you hide repress and deny reclaim that energy attention and power that's trapped there and then use that to fuel the development of your signature strengths that's your purpose right there that sort of vector uh, is what puts you in flow and so it's unique for everybody. You don't have to be Michael Jordan. You don't have to be Michael Jackson. You just have to be you to the nth degree and you can hit that peak state of performance where you feel your best and you just know who you are and why you're here and it's crystal clear and there's no inner critic and you're just on your path. That's available for all of us because the purpose of life is to realize your potential. And so if you're not feeling that, then I certainly would invite you to come check out Purpose Mapping um, and and hit me up. I'd love to hear, you know, how does it go for you and uh, where'd you get stuck? You know, I'm trying to make this as easy as possible so that this can spread like wildfire to the generation and to the, really to everybody uh, on the planet that wants to live a life of purpose and not just grinding away on the beat path. Right. Well, and I think it's important for someone who really does think they're on the right path to go through this also, you know, because there might be tweaks and things that can make it better. Oh, it's validating. It's never yeah. perfect. Yeah, absolutely validating. And the, the shadow piece and getting the gold out, that may be the spark that kicks your purpose into the next level. 
Right. That's what I found from the people who are like, Craig, I know my purpose, but they're friends of mine and they'll, they'll do it anyway. They're like, yeah, you know what? I actually got a little something out of that. That was actually really cool. So right. check it out. Right. Well, Craig, we're at the top of the hour already. And I can already say that we're going to have to do this again because I think that we all need to keep, you know, as, as we said, this is a work in progress. We need to keep checking in and, and making sure that, that we're going down the, the right way and tweaking what needs to be tweaked. So in the meantime, though, tell people how they find you and connect with you online. Sure. So it's purposemapping.com forward slash power hour. I set up a special link just for your listeners here. And um, Deb, this has been great. This was uh, an absolute blast. I, I loved your questions and, uh, and I just love where your heart's at. You know, you really went deep with the exercise yourself and um, it just speaks to your authenticity and, and your desire to really make a meaningful contribution in the world. Well, you know, I enjoy it and, and I really love, you know, all of these things that I get to do with my guests because to me, it's just improving me every time. Um, and that's part of, that's part of why I do this. It's so much fun, you know, I'm, you know, and, and making these great connections. Yeah. Wonderful. Great. Great. Well, I am Deb Creer. I've been having a fabulous time talking with Craig Filek and until next time, everyone have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us next time for more real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.